Hello and welcome to the Husker Cuscast. I'm your host Patrick and with me are my co-host cousins Justin and Derek. We are recording this podcast on October 5th, 2016. Honestly, Husker fans, I can't make heads or tails of the Illinois-Nebraska game and I'm of two minds about it, which according to my psychiatrist means I'm getting better. Uh, I think there are a multitude of perspectives you can take on it. I mean, on one hand, you have Nebraska showing a lot of heart, a lot of grit, and not giving up, and being able to overcome their own boneheaded errors. But on the other hand, they shouldn't have made those boneheaded errors in the first place. And how long can we sustain this trend? How long can the Huskers lean on the fourth quarter to bail themselves out? Uh, So we can't wait to discuss that here on the CuzCast. So, uh, Justin, what are your overall impressions of the game? You know what, Patrick? I think you're exactly right. The Huskers did show a lot of grit this game because they won this game. Uh, this is a game that they should have won. We didn't do this a lot last year. We didn't win the games that we were supposed to win. And we did that this time. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Uh, but we got it done. Uh, we started off fast, which is something that all of us wanted to see all year long. We started off fast. We had a great first series and uh, that resulted in a touchdown. And then the second drive, we almost had another touchdown in the first quarter, yet penalties kept us out of the end zone. Uh, in the second and third quarter, you know, something kind of derailed there a little bit. You know, the poor tackling and bad pass coverage, it kind of uh, took a little bit out of our team here, I think. This is a trend, uh, though. It's a trend that we've been seeing where we start off really well, and then we get hit this lull period, and then we don't pull it together until the fourth quarter. How long do you exactly. think we sustain that? Well, we're not going to be able to sustain it against good teams. Uh, but, you know, against the teams that we're supposed to be, absolutely, we, we can sub, uh, sustain this. But, you know, uh, in the second, third quarter, where we had that little lull, you know, we gave up at least, well, you guys can help me out here, but uh, at least four chunk plays of over 25 yards during that time. Mm-hmm. That's not good, guys. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on it? Well... My thoughts are, in the second quarter, yes, it, it was bad. It was a bad quarter. Justin, you talk about second and third quarters. I, I don't think you can bring the third quarter into it when Nebraska had the ball for seven minutes and 40 seconds of the second quarter on one drive. Or That's third true. quarter, I'm sorry. So, so I, don't, I don't think you can say the second and third quarters were terrible. However, there were a lot of missed tackles in, the, in, in that amount of time. They did, and, they did shore that up, though. It, it seemed to improve as the game went along, especially in the second half. Again, the coaches made their adjustments. Uh, so there were a lot of improvements in that second half that uh, allowed us to win that game. But, but to reiterate what Justin was saying about the first quarter, you know, we only gave it 14 yards total offense to Illinois in the first quarter, and, and I think that is great. Absolutely, and this is this is what we're looking for. This lot, is what this is exactly what we're looking for. A lot of it too. I think Banker mentioned that they were kind of unprepared. I guess there wasn't a lot of film on some of the players that uh, Lovey Smith was using, uh, especially the one uh, that one running back that seemed to gash us all the time. That Riley called Corbin. Yes, yes, him. Yeah, he was a pill. 
Uh, but we did get it uh, done, especially that O-line, which uh, was a makeshift uh, ragtag O-line made up of mostly walk-ons toward the end. They got it done with an impressive 18-play uh, drive for a touchdown. Uh, even if you would argue that uh, there were some penalties during that drive and calls that seemed to go our way, uh, do you think that was just par for the course? Or do you think that that kind of uh, sullied the accomplishment a bit? Well, I I disagree in the fact that the calls went our way. Uh, th- th- that pass interference seemed to me to be a pretty easy call. The horse collar talker, ta- the horse collar tackle had to be called. And the the only questionable call on that whole drive may have been the fourth and one that we went for on the six yard line. Yeah. 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 That was inconclusive, which, uh, which thankfully, uh, yeah, that, that benefited us. Um, uh, and as far as, uh, that, uh, makeshift line reason being is because we had so many injured players on the, you know, you had Jordan Westerkamp, our best receiver out, Seath and Carter, our best tight end out of that game. Uh, we kind of had to uh, go with the with uh, some un, unproven talent. Uh, Trey Foster came up with a huge catch uh, for a touchdown. So uh, a lot of uh, credit has to go to a lot of those backup players that stepped up. Uh, shows, again, the moxie and grit of this uh, Husker team. But with those players missing, or not missing, injured, do you think that that may play a factor in the coming contest we have uh, in the in the in the weeks ahead? I think it very well could, but you know, thank God for a bye week. We got time to get these guys healthy, and there's a lot of people that are hurting right now. Tommy Armstrong, he's been sitting out of practice, so these guys really need to get uh, get healthy. You know, last year we had the bye week. Well, what was it? The second to the last game of the year. Yeah, yeah. we got a yeah, we got a bye week at the perfect time to get healthy. So this is it's going to be essential. Plus, I'm going to add this: we have Indiana and Purdue before we get to the real meat of the schedule. So that right, helps. right, and that'll really determine whether or not we deserve this number twelve ranking. Uh, at this point, I'm not saying that we're kind of a paper tiger, but. The tendency of the second half of the season is is uh, whether or not, uh, you know, it kind of takes away the pretenders to the throne. Uh, it seemed a lot simpler uh, before the season, fellas, when we were determining who the Big Ten teams were going to be. Uh, let's say we go ahead and reexamine that. Justin, let's go over your picks then for the season predictions uh, for the preseason. Oh, wow. You know, I was uh, way off base on all my predictions, actually. Uh, headed into the season, I thought the West Division was going to shape up like Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota, and Northwestern in the top four. But after seeing the games this year, this has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin, which I didn't even have in the top four due to their, their strenuous schedule, I mean, I think Wisconsin is the real deal. I really do. They are a very good football team. They always and, seem uh, to pull it together every year, it seems like. like yeah, it's, just a, it's amazing. Think, yeah, just when you think you can count them out, here they come. So. Yeah. They, they change coaches, and they just keep on doing it. It's like clock. Uh, 
Yeah. And I, th- I think this year right now, uh, without giving a West Division winner, I got Wisconsin and Nebraska tied for first, followed by Iowa third, which was my West winner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the fourth place, I have Minnesota. Yeah, that's, that seems about right. What about your East picks? Has that changed at all? Well, in the East, prior to the season, I had Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Indiana. And uh, after, you know, five weeks, my front two, Ohio State and Michigan, they did not change. But there's been a little shakeup because Michigan State, there's something wrong with that team, guys. There's something wrong with that team. Yeah. They are not a D'Antonio team. Uh, so I have Maryland as number three and Indiana as number four. The Michigan State slipping. Who would have yeah. thought the Terrapins? But uh, do you me. think D'Antonio can turn it around with Michigan State? I mean, it could it could still conceivably happen. I don't. They yeah. I mean, he's like a magician. I don't see it happening this year, but I'm wrong a lot. So uh, gut feeling here. I don't want you to bring in your Husker bias, as powerful as that is, but who do you think is going to be in the Big Ten title game? Oh, uh, we got to cut to Derek now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too early, too early, guys. Okay, all right. Derek, he's off the hook. Go ahead, Derek. Well, there, there, there's no predicting this West right now. There, there's, there's no predicting it. I, the Whoever's going to be in the championship game is going to be the winner of the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the critical game. No, Nebraska has not fared well in Wisconsin. Not a friendly place. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> Different coaching staff. We'll see what happens. Who else do you have not, on your uh, on your list there? Uh, it, it's a toss-up between Wisconsin and Nebraska for first place. Get, get beyond that, Minnesota, Iowa, but non-factors I, got, as far the, as you're concerned. You know they won't. They won't. Not not, not not necessarily. Uh, I I guess Minnesota could still conceivably make a run for the division, but I, I don't see it happening. Uh, well, I, I got Minnesota three and no in Iowa number four with with a with. I, again, I, I agree with Justin. The fact that it, it could go either way between Nebraska and Wisconsin. What do you have for the East? On on the East, I'm gonna stick with Ohio State winning that division. They still got Michigan at home. Michigan State has turned out to be terrible, but I got Mich- I got Ohio State. Then I got Michigan. I got Maryland. Number three, which I agree with Justin, that, that team is something to – they're a team to watch. And uh, Michigan State, I, I still have them winning number four. I, I know that Indiana just beat Michigan State, but I think they'll, I think they'll turn things around. With Maryland, uh, when the schedule gets tougher, do you think that that will kind of you know gravitate them toward the mean a bit more? We'll see them, you know – they're starting off so well because a lot of it is because of the early schedule. I don't want to say cream puffs, but, you know, the competition hasn't been that good. When the competition improves, do you think that may play a factor in Maryland dropping down then? Uh, you don't think they'll be able to rise to the occasion? 
for me, well, as I reevaluate, well, for me, as I reevaluated the uh, the conference, I I have Maryland at eight and four. Part of the season, I looked at them as five and seven, mm-hmm. but uh, I think they get eight wins this year. They are definitely a surprise. Yeah, that's interesting, Derek. What about you? Mar- Maryland's offense has just truly been the biggest turnaround in the Big Ten. And I, th- I think they'll continue. I, I think they're going to win some games that none of, none of us really thought they were going to win. Absolutely. They got Penn, they got Penn State next. I, I don't think Penn State's defense is great. So I think they'll beat Penn State. They'll struggle against um, Minnesota a little bit maybe. And, and then they got Michigan State they'll struggle against. But I, I think those are winnable games for them. Yeah, Franklin's been kind of underachieving in Happy Valley. I wonder how long he's going to last. One of a number of stories to follow in the Big Ten. But for right now, let's move on to the other conferences and our Week 6 predictions. Uh, But Stats Boy, uh, you have some information regarding some some winners uh, that correctly predicted for last week. Do you not? I do. I do. Uh, Erica wins. The uh, prediction on the show, as she uh, predicted the game a little little closer than me and Justin Patrick, <laughs> you kind of went with the uh, shutout, and I'm not sure where you were coming up with that from. One extreme to another. Remember, psychiatrist. Yeah. Good job, Erica. Good job, Erica. Good job, Erica. However, Mr. Dave Van Amberg, Mr. Facebook winner. We're going to call him that from now on. Facebook We're going to call winner. him Mr. Facebook yeah, winner. He'll, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> with, with a prediction of 35 to 17, only off by five points. Yeah. Hey, that's good job, Dave. That's impressive. Good job, Dave. Get that guy on the show. And how about uh, us three uh, stooges here? How do we do? Well, Justin, you got to give up the core. The, the coin flip's just not working for you. But I will say, you did get above 500 this week. Yay, You're a, progress! Yay! Progress. Progress. And you, you went 17 and 16 overall, 4 and 2 this week. Patrick, you went 3 and 3 this week. I, you kind of fell off the charts there. Ah, but I'm still shooting but, par. Yep. But but just by one game, just by one game, it's not so bad. And you're you're Frack sitting at you, nineteen and fourteen overall. Frack you. You're you're sitting at nineteen and fourteen overall, and I'm sitting at twenty two and eleven. And I also went with four and two this week with Justin. All right. Well, let's see what we can do for this week, which is uh, rivalry week. But you know, who really cares? We have some drama out there this week. Uh, only time will tell. But let's start off with the uh, Red River shoot down or show out or shootout. Uh, Texas Longhorns versus the Oklahoma Sooners. What do you think, Justin? Hey, it's a shootout, by the way. But uh, Charlie <laughs> Strong. Charlie Strong's had a rough week. You know, we've had reports coming out that he's going to be fired at the end of the season. We got his players coming out speaking the, you know, speaking high praises on the coaching staff, and especially Charlie Strong, which probably doesn't need to be fired. 
you got that. You got have all that emotion going into Oklahoma, where Oklahoma is giving up 30-plus points in the last five games to teams not named Louisiana Monroe. I got to say, guys, I think Texas, just like last year, I think Texas is going to upset Oklahoma. Homer. Place is getting to you. Well, I, I don't know if you can call it an upset. Look, we've got two two-and-two two teams. The, the, neither team is good. Neither team is what we what, – Oklahoma is not what we expect them to be. They were supposed to be a playoff team. They're giving up more yards than even Texas. And at the end of the day, I think Texas wins this game. I Oklahoma is overrated. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to bet against Texas, but I think that Oklahoma is going to go in with a huge revenge factor. I also think Bob Stoops may kind of want to remind his fellow uh, Sooner fans that hey, still here, still a great coach. So I'm just going to go for the Sooners. I think the luck is kind of run out for Charlie Strong in Texas. Uh, next, we have the Tennessee Volunteers versus Texas A&M Aggies. Well, Tennessee, they are the recipient of the most, of the best luck in the whole wide world. You know, what happened with Appalachian State and the time management there and the Hail Mary against Georgia. a uh, and of course, they have some injuries coming up with uh, their star defensive end, Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. and a couple of wide receivers out. Uh, could that be even? No, 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 no. Tennessee's luck, it runs out this week at College uh, Station. Providence is Cause. no longer there. Exactly. Go Aggies. <laughs> Derek. Kick them. Uh, yeah, look, A&M has a really good defense, which was not expected for a while there. It was all Texas A&M's offense that decided games. But their defense is really looking good. And... Tennessee's luck's got to run out. They can't keep winning against teams that they shouldn't be. They should have lost to Appalachian State. Tennessee's luck runs out this week. You know, I would kind of agree with you, but as uh, Tyler once opined, I am a man of emotion. I think emotion will run high uh, for Tennessee this week. Uh, Hail Mary, Butch Davis, basically becoming a uh, born again Christian. Uh, it's hard to it's <laughs> I mean, it's hard to it's you can't you can't vote against that. So uh, I'm yeah, gonna go true. with I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Volunteers beating uh, Texas A&M. I think they they realize that they are a blessed team. Uh, next we've got Florida State versus Miami. That old rivalry that will never die. Apparently. Well, we got two huge questions here, guys. Weather's a concern, so uh, with Hurricane Matthew, is the game going to take place? Yeah. And probably more importantly, can Mark Rick find a way to not to choke in a big game? What's the bigger question here? Uh, Be that as it may, FSU, you know, guys, before the season started, I said it myself. I said I thought FSU was the most talented team and one of the most talented teams in the nation. They're not clicking on all cylinders. Agreed. Uh, Something's out of sync. Yeah, it, it is. And I think Miami gets the win. Being at home, Miami wins. 
Eric, what say you? Well, as far as I could tell, the game is happening this weekend. I ESPN alerted me saying that the game is on schedule. There's there's no plans to postpone the game, and so let's let's go. Let's get this game on. This is gonna be a fun game. I, I do think this will be a fun game. He's anxious for it. Uh, a little bit of My, uh, well, what, go ahead. Yeah, go. What's your what's your prediction? Uh, as far as Mark Rich goes, look, he's a, he's in a new school, new setting. I think this guy's going to do good. I, I do. I, I have faith that Mark Rick will do good in Miami. Maybe not championship level of old Miami, but they'll, they'll do good. Miami's averaging 47 points per game. Florida State's giving up 35.5 points per game. Miami's defense is only giving up 253 points per game or yards per game. This could be a tough game, but Miami comes out on top, I think. It's hard to bet against the Canes for this one. The Knolls have not produced, and they are not worthy of the tomahawk chop of yore. So we've got to go with Miami sure. here. Uh, wow. Next one up, we've got Iowa Hawkeyes versus uh, Minnesota. Guys, it's hard to get a good read on these two teams right here. Boy, ain't that uh, you know, pundits, including us, you know, it was hard to determine who was going to be a Big Ten front runner this year. You know, some had Iowa, some had Minnesota. I still don't know. Uh, but both teams, in my eyes, it looks like they're battling for third. I think Iowa finally gets it together this week, though, and they get the win on the road at Minnesota. Derek? I kind of disagree. My Minnesota, while I'm not convinced on them, Iowa is terrible. After losing last week to one and three Northwestern, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see Iowa getting together at this point. I think Minnesota wins this game. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I'm gonna go with the Hawkeyes too. Ferentz has an annoying ability to to bail himself out when he has to, and uh, that's not gonna change. And I was in desperation mode. They got to have something to show for this season. They pull it together this week, and finally we've got the Washington Huskies versus the Oregon Ducks. This is an interesting game for a multitude of reasons. Well, it is because we played Oregon. And it comes out this week that uh, Oregon, uh, they are now splitting reps between Dakota Prukup and Justin Herbert at quarterback. So is it the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one? I don't know. But you know what? Mark Helfrich, I think he's, once again, he is going to get out coached because he's not a good coach. Uh, Washington's too good, especially on defense. And Washington is going to eat up this Oregon team. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, Mark Helfrich. See, see you in the unemployment line. Hope I, don't get hope I don't get fired. <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. This is absolutely the best defense that 
Oregon will have faced. They're only giving up 299, 299 yards per game, which is damn good. I Washington's defense is stellar. They have a good offense, scoring a lot of points. Oregon has no defense, as always. And I don't know why they thought Brady Hoke was going to be the answer to their questions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Washington ends up winning this big. You know, it, call what you want. Purple Haze, the next generation, or the second coming of Don James. But Washington Huskies might possibly have the best defense in the nation. And yeah, they beat the Ducks and they beat them bad. Quack quack. Special. Can, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you guys something about Washington here? Sure. Are they cashing their check to the uh, the playoff? You know, they might. They might. Uh, I've I've heard some rumblings that they have a, a, a playoff legitimate team, but a lot can happen. And honestly, the Pac-12, I don't know if anyone can match up with them. And they might not be able to really have any good competition un, un, unless they do get to the playoffs. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think I think they can run the table. I don't think there's anybody out there in the Pac-12 that can match what well, Washington is bringing to the table. Who's going to challenge? Well, I, 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 I think I think you're probably right, but I will also say this: that if if they make the playoff, I think they're they are also eliminated in the round because the Pac-12 is just not good this year. They yeah. just don't seem to be. As, they, they don't seem to be as good as they have been in the past. Yeah. You're right. Once again, the playoffs, you know, it's it all comes down to what a team does not have in their control. That'll probably sabotage them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, a special shout-out to the Illinois special teams for providing that custom Fighting Illini jersey in Sam Fultz's memory. Shout-out to Nebraska Ball, which starts practice for the 2016-17 season this week. It uh, should be an intriguing year for Tim Miles and new women's coach Amy Williams, who is taking over for Connie Yori, who stepped down last season. If you want to leave comments, messages, and predictions of all our games of the week, you can reach us at the Husker Cuzcast Facebook page, as well as the page on Podbean. Also, look for us at our Twitter address, at Husker Cuscast. We will record a new episode next Wednesday, and remember, if the football bores you, the baseball playoffs are this week, too, as Derek keeps reminding me over and over again, in different tongues. So, go, go Cubs! Baseball. Go Amen. Cubs. Go Cubs. And go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>